Hey man, how you doing? We're just we're just good, hit, how are you? good. We're just dialing up our record button here. Should I be talking? I'm John. Should, nice I be, to meet you. should I be talking some work stuff with you right now? What's up? Should I be talking work stuff with you right now? Would you like to meet my wife? I would. Hey. Well, hello there. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you're our winner. <laughs> you won. Uh, congratulations. You won. Uh, it, I think it was on Instagram. You you had tagged. You had tagged. I think you tagged several people actually. And uh, we, you were picked. We did a, like a random thing to pick a winner. You were picked, and I reached out to John to kind of surprise you because uh, we thought it was more fun doing it that way instead of telling someone that they won. We wanted to actually, and so it took a little coordinating. And John was gracious enough to help set it up to be a. I think he was pretending to be on a work Zoom, weren't you, John? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wasn't. Uh, I, I told her we had something going on this evening, and uh, sure. Like, what is this we have going on? I don't like surprises, so I've been kind of irritated all week. Oh, so you've known about this coming up, but you didn't know exactly what it was. Right. Sure. Well, surprise. We like surprises. So uh, I wanted to, so, and I don't know, do you do, do you do giveaway stuff often? Like, like something like that? Sure. I feel like I, I, I do it fairly often. In fact, I think I'm the one that tagged her. Okay. <laughs> and and she's the one that won. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. We don't seem. At least I don't seem to win anything very often. So. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you did this time. So, um, so yeah. So we wanted to. You know, we've got we've got basically like till six fifteen. We're yours. So like we're we're we wanted to do we. We have done a few, um, and we, we've been asked, especially I think over the last year, um, with, with a lot of people staying home, with a lot of people doing things, Zoom has become obviously a real normal thing for, for a lot of people. And we had um, a lot of people ask, you know, can we, we want, I want to do a training consultation. What, what can we do to do that? Is there, can you offer that to us? And um, it's tough to do, I think, because there is – a lot of people that would want to do it and timing wise, it's just, it's difficult for us. It's challenging for us, but we decided, um, for this year for multiple reasons. Um, there's, I think there's value in trying to do some of it to help other people with their dogs. And, and it's this idea of if we can give back a little bit, I think that that would, everybody should a little bit. And then all of a sudden things get a little easier. So, uh, that was the reason why we started, doing it um we were we weren't going to do it as a service we were going to do it as just like a giveaway thing and uh we ben and i recorded a couple um so far and they were a lot of fun i've i really enjoyed them um i hope those that that we do them with gain from it as well um and i i think in most cases in just about all of them i would say that they would say they did um one of the things John had mentioned too, I talked to him on the phone last week, kind of coordinated. He's like, uh, do you think I could sit in on it too? I said, yeah, I, I have no problem with that. In fact, um, you know, it's one of the things that I, I think is important is consistency. 
uh, always in training. But I also think it's I think it's important to have consistency like with those who are interacting with the dog. So if you're both involved and I, I need to learn a little bit more, um, I plan to learn a little bit more here with this to find out like where is that relationship? Where's the how is that consistency? And, and because I think it you're going to get better results. It's a lot yeah, like I, that's something I've tried to work on with the two of us is like always doing the same thing. Sure. Like so that he knows, you know, expectations, you know, like yeah. it's hard for a kid that has a house that has two sets of rules. It's, you know, the, the, I think a lot of times you can see mistakes or misbehavior is what we like to say, but I don't know if it's misbehavior, or if it's just confusing and, yeah. and that makes it all. And especially when you start talking about young kids, which young dogs, um, are, are learning. And I, I, I don't know that the learning ever stops for people or dogs. And so I think, but I think early on, especially, um, it's really hard for, for, to expect them to be able to kind of follow two sets of rules and, and succeed in both of those scenarios. So I don't, th I, so I thought it was a good idea actually to have both of you guys involved. Um, but I also want it to be your time. So like I, we surprised you, it was intentional because uh, I don't think, I think my wife, we were talking about it at dinner tonight and I said, she said, I said, you know, I explained, you know, Alyssa doesn't know we're doing it. John does. And I kind of worked through John to get it to happen. And she said, well, why don't you, why don't you let them know ahead of time so they can kind of make a plan? And I said, because I, I think there's value in planning, but I also think one of the things that I think we as handlers really need to be conscious of is the idea of you can plan it out as much as you want. When, when, when I'm talking training, you can plan it out. And I try to make a plan every time I try to have an idea of what we're going to try to accomplish and how we're going to get there. But I think what really needs to be a skill set is the ability to adapt like pretty quickly and read things pretty quickly, make changes pretty quickly, understand why, and then make a move based on that. So I, we did a couple of these. Now, one of them was planned. One of them, the guy, I don't know if that one posted yet, did it? Um, hasn't posted yet. We did it a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think. It'll be pretty quick, but he knew we were going to do it. And he had a big notepad of stuff that we wanted to get through. We, we went a long time with him, way longer than we, we, we sh probably could have. Uh, but we could have went longer. Like we would have, we never would have got through his whole list. And so I, I, and I, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that's a reality. And we go, so I, I look at it and I, we did another one where we surprised the person. Um, and they, they said, boy, I wish I knew that this was coming because I would have put together all this. And I said, yeah, there's a reason why I think it's valuable to not know. So we put you on the spot a bit. Um, you got kind of a team effort, so John probably put a little bit of thought into it. But Alyssa, I want you to, I want to try to help you as much as we can in the next 45 minutes of, you know, thinking on your feet too, of, you know, some of the stuff. It's probably going to be like, it's not, I don't know that in, I, I certainly can say in 45 minutes, we can't fix every, I can't answer all the questions and, and that's impossible to do. And we're not going to, we're not going to be able to do that. But nothing happens in real big chunks with dogs. So like I, I think you probably, as we get into this, I'll learn a little bit more about what you guys have going. And then 
I don't know where it's going either. I don't even know what you, I I don't I did no research on it. My wife's like, well, didn't you look it up? Like, what kind of dog do they have? You should be prepared for this. I said, yeah, I could prepare for it, but I feel really, really that I'll be able to give them a better. I'll be able to give you a more honest return as far as feedback by just not preparing, hearing it and respond, hearing it and respond, give me my gut, give me my gut reaction on stuff. So, what do you guys have for dog? We have a uh, six-month-old black lab. Okay. Um, his name's Mosley. And he's, being a lab, I mean, he's very smart. He's learned a lot very quickly. I mean, in the first, you know, we got him when he was two months old. In the first two weeks um, that we had him, I had him by myself because he, of course, left to go to go hunting the day after we got him. Sure, sure. <laughs> so that was like a big, you know, that, that was that was a big change for me. Was it um, overwhelming? Did you feel like overwhelmed with it? Oh yeah, there was there were nights I was on the because I'm also I'm a little bit of a control freak. Okay. <laughs> um, Self aware, I like it. And so there was nights, especially the first week. Because he was gone for a week, came home for almost a week, and then left for another week. And that first week was especially difficult. There was nights I was on the phone with him crying. It was just so much. Sure. <laughs> because I was, you know, trying to do house stuff and watch him every second. Yeah. And teach him things at the same time. You know, by the time he came home, you know, I had already pretty much taught Mosley, you know, how to sit. And, um... He was already my little snuggle bug. Yeah. The lay on us, even he's over 50 pounds, almost 60 pounds now. He still loves to lay right on your chest. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very smart. He's learned a lot since we've had him, but there's still obviously a couple of things that we don't necessarily know how to work on with him. Yeah. I would, I would expect there to be more than a couple things. Like you've only had him for four months. So I think that's, you know, I do think that it's weird because six months is, is about the age. It might be a little bit earlier than that. Like, I think the first four weeks are really like real simple because the puppies are so like new to the new to your family that like they, they are sponges. They catch on to stuff really well. If you do a nice job of setting them up, they really succeed well. It's a lot, I think a lot of it has to do with they just don't have a lot of um, ability to not do well. Like they're, they're, they want to follow you around. They want to be, um, they want to, they want somebody to feel comfortable with. They're looking for a leader that way. And if you give it to them, they'll follow it. And so, but then I feel like it's maybe, it's around like that 12 weeks, 13 weeks, there they get a little bit confident. And there they get to this point where they go, they can be bold and get find themselves in trouble and that can be frustrating especially if you're not preparing for it to that point because once that hits that's where i see more people get overwhelmed is the idea of like oh my god what do i do with it because it got real big all of a sudden and i don't and it's easy to control when they're really little and they're not and they're not behaving because you can pick them up and you 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 can catch them they can't run away from you they can't grab something and take it they they're just they're not as mobile, but all of a sudden they become mobile and they have issues and we get, that becomes overwhelming and frustrating, I think more often. So 
I don't expect, you know, at six months old, if you said, boy, I think he's got just about everything he needs, I'd say, well, then I'll hire you because you can, because <laughs> you can do it way quicker than I can. Like that, it's just not realistic. But I also think that, this is, this, this is mostly. Sure. I mean, he's not a little little guy, is he? No. <laughs> and so I do think that I all I, I really feel like, you know, the the idea of that six month window, it's I think the most fun. Like four to six months is maybe my favorite time. And that's the point where a lot of people wheels come off and they get a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. I love it. But but that's the part that the guts of it, the inside of the training, that window of time, you're right in the middle of it. Like, I think it's the most, it can be the most enjoyable part of all your time with the dog. There's always like these phases. When you get a little bit older and you start doing stuff with them that are, you know, more advanced and stuff, that's a lot of fun too. When they're really little puppies, that's a lot of fun too. Everybody, a lot of people think of the middle part as like the pain in the ass. Like, oh, I got to get through that. I enjoyed this. Now I got to get through it to get to that. And I look at it and go, it can be the best part. Drag it out as long as you can. I love watching his personality because like I said, he is smart. And so like he is catching on to things. Sure. Really, you know, the things that he, you know, there's a couple, obviously there's behavioral things that like we're still trying to work on, but yeah. outside of the behavioral stuff, you know, he, he knows the, the basics pretty well. Sure. Or, you know, he's getting on, but just like seeing those like goofy personality things that mm-hmm. come out. Like, yeah. And they're all going to have, they're all going to be a little different. You know, they're all going to have their own. I always call them quirks. Every dog has their own little quirks. Um, He's goofy. Yeah. yeah so, so where's the struggles at right now? Um, I mean, the ones that I can think of is, you know, he's hyper, obviously. He's a puppy. And we get that. But it's, for me, the big thing that I want to try and work with him on is the puppy biting. You know, at first it was because he was teething and we still tried to work with him. You know, don't, don't bite, don't bite. And now, you know, he's six months. He has all of his adult teeth pretty much. Um, got big teeth. <laughs> um, but he's still, you know, doing that gnawing and biting, and I, I don't know how to correct it's that. It's almost yeah. like he's just he's just trying to play with you, you know. And and yeah. we've we've watched, you know, your your videos. You know, we got the puppy video, and then we got the you know um, uh, foundation. foundation video. Yep. Um, and you talked a lot about just not giving him the chance, you know. Yep. Um, and, and picking him up and kind of giving him that timeout. We did that a lot with him. And it worked. The, um, the whole timeout and then the timeout on the on the back. But now he's just so big. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do that with him. And it's, he, he just, I don't know, like that's just how he plays. We still, I don't know if he's still teething or not. He's got all of his adult teeth. Um, and I don't know if it's because his teeth still hurt or, you know. No, it's not. It's, so here's, so I'm going to back up. This is great. Because this is this is like this is why I like doing these because this is like we're really gonna be able to hit certain things in this time with you that I think will be real beneficial, like in the moment. It's not the macro, it's the micro, and it's gonna make it more enjoyable for you. I, I wanna back up to the first thing you brought up when we said, you know, what's what what is it? What are the issues? It was first off, don't let he's a puppy be an excuse 
for behavior stuff. And I'm not picking on you because I, I hear it all the time. I see it all the time. I know it's him being a puppy. I, it, that's a, that's a, we hear that all the time. I say, yes, you're right. And I, and I also hear people justify it by saying, we're going to let him be a puppy. We're going to let him be a puppy and, and, and have fun growing up. I want to let my kids have a puppy. Like I, I, kids involved with it is always this. Well, I want my kids to have fun with them and play with them. And I want him to be able to be a puppy. I don't hear it as, I hear that as an excuse for misbehaving. And I, I look at this and I go, being a puppy does not mean you do undesirable behavior. Puppies need to do desirable behavior just like dogs. I think the difference between puppies and dogs is they're physically different and they're mentally different, like maturity-wise, both size and how they're built and then mentally and how they think and how they're, what, what, what they're capable of doing from an expectation standpoint. I think that it's just like kids. I have a two-year-old, two we've got an 11-year-old and a 19-year-old. And if I decided to let my two-year-old just be a kid, she's just a kid. I mean, she's getting into stuff. She's doing this behavior. She's throwing stuff. She's breaking stuff. She's throwing little fits. You know, she does. Uh, she's, got a, she's got a lot of mom in her. No, but I, don't, don't tell mom. But she, she, she's getting, she's the sweetest little girl in the world. I love her to death, but she's showing me, she's showing us there is a little bit of a mean streak in her. She gets a little bit frustrated and it's not because she's a bad kid. It's because she's frustrated. She doesn't know how to tell us stuff. She's, there's all these reasons for it where if I didn't understand the reasons for it, I'd say, boy, she's just a little pill at times. She can be just such a little, but it's because, why? Why is she like that? Why does she scream all of a sudden at me? Why does she start hollering, no? and stomp her feet? Why does she grab something and say, mine? It's because she's seen some of that stuff from me. She's heard me say, no, 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 to her when she's about to do something. So what does she do? She ref she mirrors it back at me. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that, dad. That's how, it's how she's communicating because it's all she knows. And so I look at that and I go, yeah, we got to let her be a kid. But I also go, I better start working on it right away to start to shape the behavior the way I want it. So my wife is very good at that because she's a lot more patient than I am. And she understands how kids think more than I do. And she starts explaining to me, well, no, thank you. We're not going to say no, 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 no. We're going to say no, thank you. And we're going to change our tone with it. And so all of a sudden, if we do it once or twice, it doesn't change your behavior. But after doing it a thousand times and just pulling my hair out going, God, this isn't going to work. All of a sudden, I say to something to her and she goes, no, thank you. And I went, oh, it did stick. She did get it. It's not all the time, but it's, it, I'm being consistent enough with it to, to get the behavior. The idea of it, they're just a puppy. And now it goes back to the idea of I, you. first thing you touched on was I know he's energetic I know he's hyper. I think you used the word hyper. But I know it's just that he's a puppy and he's hyper. Don't let that be an excuse. Hyper puppies become hyper dogs. Calm puppies become calm dogs. And so the idea that he's young doesn't isn't a free pass to be energetic. Like you can have energy and be happy. I like an energetic dog. I don't like a dog that's slow and pokey. But I, I don't run into very many that are. Like most of the time, it's the opposite. We've got dogs that are like you're saying, 
a little hyper, a little energetic. But what I'm seeing is the environment is what shapes that behavior. It's a cultural thing. If we are on the go, 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 go. I move a lot. I move fat. I do stuff. Ben can attest to it. He's with me all the time trying to keep up. And I just, sometimes these guys have to tell me, slow down and focus on some things. I need that reminder at times. So I'll hop around and I'll create this environment in our warehouse of jump, jump, jump. And finally I look at it and I go, guys, finish what you finish what you started. You know, slow down. Let's get that done. Let's get this done. And then the, I look at them and I go, why do they do it that way? Because they see me doing it that way. And so I have to be this idea of culturally, we're going to change the behavior at our shop. We're going to make sure we put some systems in place where we start something, we finish it. And then before we go on, the same is true with the dog watches all that stuff. The dog's part of your shop. So the dog is seeing what we're doing. And if, if in the morning it's a rush, like we, we're guilty of it. We, we get up, we get the kids ready, we got to feed them, we got to do this. Like literally, we're down to the minute of when we know we got to be in the car to get the kids to the school in time. And so if we don't get up early enough, we short ourselves that time. We still get it done, but we get it done a lot quicker. And when we do it a lot quicker, the dog sees that everything around here has got to go fast. We're in, we're out. We're... So I have made a point of not just... So that's like outside, that's not even dog training. That's life stuff. They are part of our life, even when we're not training them. They're absorbing that energy around them and they're understanding the pace of things. So then when we do go with them, if we have this idea of, I got 15 minutes, let's get a training session in. You're working on a time restraint going into it mentally of, I got to get this done in 15 minutes because in 15 minutes I got to go do this. So you're trying to accomplish stuff in a short window of time. And sometimes we have, I have a list of things that I want to get done. It's why I said, let's not, let's surprise Alyssa. <laughs> let's not give her a list because she'll be disappointed in the end because we won't get through the whole list. But like I look at this and I go, I would rather touch on one or two things that will help you right now and have that be good and solid than cover 15 things and really rush through them. You won't get the best, imp you won't get the most impact out of it. So to be able to slow down and focus on certain things in a real calm pace, like if the dog is in a hurry to go outside, like name me one situation where the dog gets excitable. That it's a point where you would say, boy, he's kind of hyper. Um, if he's ready to go outside, what do you, when do you think he gets the most hyper? Just give me one, just give me one scenario in a 24 hour window that you go, I wish he'd just settle the hell down. When he's, when we, well, when we come home, he's, he's, so we, right now he's potty trained. Um, you know, we crate train him. Um, we're still not, because he still likes to chew on, a lot of things we don't quite trust him in the house yet so when we're both not home we, we keep him in the crate for sure um, when we come home he's you know he's very excited he, to see us and, we've started um, leaving him out at night and he does well he, he further <clears throat> he generally doesn't chew on things that aren't his toys so we leave him out at night but we we still just don't fully trust him when i wouldn't home. either 
I don't trust dogs that are, I don't, tr- I have dogs that are two, three years old. I don't trust. So don't feel bad about that. Yeah. Um, but, but so then obviously like, well, like what I just came home and he was already out with John and he bit me and he, he got so excited that I was home and he's jumping on me and you know, we're trying to, that's another thing we're trying to break him up was the jumping, but he got so excited. He bit me in the, in the neck. Um, when we come home, um, if he's, we try and we feed him at the same time every day, yeah. in the morning and, and at night, and he's, it's like an internal clock. He knows when it's almost time to eat. Sure. And, um, does he get, ex- does he get excited to the point where he loses control or does he get excited and then dial in because he knows he's got to have an expected behavior to get to eat? We're working on that because so, especially like when he's ready to eat. He'll, he'll sit in our, like, if I'm sitting on the couch, for example, he'll sit in the middle of our living room and just bark at me. And, and then what I, happens? And then what happens? Well, I won't feed him until he, he stops barking. Okay. I, we're trying to work on that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, like, I guess those are, like, the main part, main ones where he gets, like... Yeah. So, when you, when you come home... When you came home tonight and he jumped up and bit you in the neck, like I get a little alarmed. I'm alarmed by that. Now I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't like vicious. It no, wasn't no, like he was just a little. Ex- like it, it, I don't even have a mark. It, well, good. But, uh, but it was still they'll question you at work. A little, a little bite. Yeah. So you yes, and and a little bite or a big bite, it's a bite. Right. So in, in, in that little bite for you, you get you're OK with that little bite for the neighbor kid that comes over to visit. It doesn't sit so well. So so it's got it. We got to nip it in the bud. But when you came home, what did that look like? You pulled in, you parked the car, you came in, you come in through the garage, you come in through the front door. Um, coming through the garage. Where, and... where was the dog? Today he was outside. OK. And... He came up to come back in and saw her. He came in, and that's when he got you, John. You let her. You let him in. Yeah, John let him in the door. Okay, and then um, Alyssa came in a different door at the same time. Yeah, so I came in through the garage door, and our slider is like right next to it. Yep. And so he was out the sliding door. Yep. And so when he came up to the sliding door, he saw me in the kitchen. Sure. Then um, John went over, opened up that door, and the dog came running in. Yeah, he came running in, and he we have a, a ta- our table is right next to our slider. Our okay. slider is right behind you. Okay. And he ran like underneath the table because I was over by the on this side. The yep. slider's on this side. And he's over here. So he ran underneath the table and like he was on his he was on a lead. So like he couldn't even get off the lead because he was just trying to get to me. Okay. So and the lead's getting caught up in the table at that point. Chairs are probably getting thrown around a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of, lot of excitement. I mean, there's a lot of excitement going on there, right? So, so then he, did you let him off the lead and then he jumped up on you? Yeah. I, I walked back over to the door so he would go over there. So, and then I, did we make him sit? I usually try and make him sit before I take him off of his lead. Okay. Um, I don't remember if we did that or not. I mean, at that moment, it's go. It's yeah. Right, right. At that moment, it's snowballed. There's a lot of action going on, which is yeah. just fueling that dog's fire. Like, I mean, that's all getting 
that's all ramping up more momentum. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like even my, like, I wasn't trying to be like, you know, excite him. No, sure. But he just, he's automatically just like. Yeah. And a lot of times in that moment when you don't see the dog for a while and you come home, a lot of people, this is natural, do get excited. Oh, God, so good to see you again. And then it's just, then it's putting out the fire with gasoline again, trying, you know, it's just a. It's a, it's a real slippery slope. So I, I'm looking at this. I'm, the reason I want these details is because I literally think it's probably it's, it's a two, two-prong answer. I think, and this is going to lead into the idea of the nipping, the biting, but it's also it's double teaming with the excitement level. It's two things. One of, it, one of them is there's a, there's a physical thing that you can do. There's a mechanical thing that you can do to set yourself up to eliminate some of the things that you've done just by changing up routine. And we're gonna talk about that. And then the other part of it is the, that's the short-term micro answer. The big picture macro answer is establishing yourself as a really, really strong leader that that dog will do anything for and is not so overwhelmed by excitement and looseness that he loses all function and control around you. Like I would rather see them get so excited to see me that they sit down and they just kind of squint their eyes. I, I, I love little dogs that are just, I'm, I'm trying so hard to contain my excitement for you right now. And, and they know they're not getting that connection from you until they do. That takes time for them to understand. That's a cultural thing. The, that's, that's letting them be a puppy, a really well-behaved puppy. The opposite is letting the cork come off and letting them just explode and then eventually get what they want. And, and so the, let's back up to the micro on this. There's a couple things. How could, we have, how could you eliminate some of that stuff that led up to the point where he, he jumped up and bit you in the neck? Like I look at it, I look at it and I go, well, let's just reverse engineer the whole scenario. Dog was in the backyard, that's fine. You came home, dog was outside. So that's probably a common thing. Like it's, you know, the dog goes outside, the dog comes back in. That, 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 that could be, pra- that, that whole thing could be practiced probably with some routine and some kiss- consistency. Because you probably do it a couple times a day if you really think about how many times the dog goes out or comes back in. As soon as the dog came in, it's barreling through the chairs and the table with the lead on and really wants to get to mom. So... There's step one, like dog doesn't, dog does not come in and out of the doors on its own. So you could have, you could, you could, this, we could have taken all the other stuff that happened behind it that really amped up the excitement and nipped it right at the beginning. If we change, if we simply change the way we bring the dog in and out of the door, don't allow it to get to the point where that control is lost in the first place gain it when it's outside. So the dog's outside and you must, do you have like a non-fencing backyard that you had him on a tether or tied out? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So dog comes. Outside without us, he's on the lead. Okay. So he, he comes back to the door and I would practice that as a game. This could be a drill where the, you might be out. Is there like a deck or a patio or something in the back there? We have a deck. Yeah. Okay. So I would make it a game where the dog's on the lead and I'm out there on the deck and the dog can do whatever he wants. He can wander. He can range, if you will. He really can't get away. He can go wherever he wants. And then I'd recall him to me. What's his name? Mosley? Yeah. Mosley, here. And Mosley, I want to be my mom. Mosley comes running. 
And when Mosley comes to me, I'm not reaching down to pet him. You're not getting petted. You're not getting any of that until you do a behavior that I need you to do. And that's sit down and be calm. So it's Mosley here, comes to you, sit, good. Thousand one, thousand two, thousand three, good. It doesn't need to be like, oh, you're so good. Because that just uncorks the bottle again. So it's, you got to figure out the level of praise. It's enough for the dog to understand it was good and you're happy, but it's not so much that the dog gets so excited it loses its focus and understands what the hell it just did. So it could be, with some dogs, it could be, good boy. With some dogs, it could be, good. With some dogs, it might be you had to pet them. You got to give them a little scratch on the back of the head. You got to get something to get their tail to wag. Like I just, I like a dog that wags his tail, but doesn't move his feet. Because he's happy and I can see it. That's the indicator. But he's not so happy and excited that his feet start moving. Because as soon as his feet start moving, he's disconnected and all the energy is lost. So he's, it's, out, it's, out, it's just overload, overload. So we can get the dog to come to us and sit. Get a routine where the dog comes to the door, sits down. Good. Now, you want to come into the house? I like to come in under control. That means we start taking away some of the freedom. You can't run around the house. You can't just free barrel through this house. Like now this, this would be a hell of a lot easier at 11 weeks old, at 12 weeks old, at 10 weeks old. This would be a lot easier. But think of it this way. You're only at 24 weeks old. Like he's really young. So he's bigger now. That's going to be the hard part. He's bigger. So, but when the dog comes in, I think, can you nail it? Can, John, can you put a nail or a hook right next to the door where you could put a lead? Yes. Just, a, just a lead. So now the dog comes in, sits down on the porch. You tell him how good he is. You reach in, you grab your lead, you slip your lead on, and now you unclip it from the, from the tie out from outside. And you mo mostly heal. Because I hope by this time we're maybe working a little bit on heel work. Starting to understand some of that positioning. So Mosley heel. And when I walk through the door, I don't let Mosley go first. I go first. I walk in, then Mosley comes behind me. And then I would turn around and I would walk out. And Mosley, you come behind me. And then I might turn in and Mo come back in and Mosley comes behind. Mosley never goes first because the leader goes first. Leaders always go into battle and the rest follow. You lead the direction you guys are going. So if you're going through the door first, Mosley's coming behind you. And you can practice this in a matter of like 30 seconds. You can go through the door two, three times and get a little bit more practice every single time you do it. It just doesn't take that long. Now you come in and what do you do? Mosley sit. Because we just finished something that used to be super exciting and overload and out of control. And now Mosley comes in and Mosley sits down and looks up at you and you go, good. Just like you did when he came to you outside and sat, good. Now we decide, what are we going to do next? If, you're, if we're going in and, and Alyssa, you just got home from work and John's making you dinner like a good husband would. Well, then you say, okay, John, what's for dinner? And John tells you what's for dinner. And you two carry on a conversation. And it's not a rush, 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 rush thing. I just got home from work. I got to do this, this, and this. You guys just carry on your conversation. How was your day, honey? Well, how was your day, honey? And Mosley's sitting there on a lead, under control, waiting for you two, because you two are the leaders, waiting for you two to put your plan together for the night. And then you say, Mosley, heal. 
And you heal Mosley over to a place that's in a spot where he can be a part of this, but he's not right in the middle of it. And you put him on his place. And now he's on his place. And as long as place training is going good, which we can talk about that, but place training gets good. Now you take that lead off of him and he's got a little freedom back. He's earned it. You gave it to him. You can go anywhere you want on that bed, Mosley, but that's it. And now you can go and put your stuff away and John can keep doing his thing and you can do your stuff and you can move about the house and do what you have to do. And the whole time Mosley's a part of it, but he's not the main focus of it. He's not the guy that's got to be in your lap. He's not the guy that's got to jump up to say, mom, I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to bite your neck to let you know I'm here. He just goes and he sits and he watches this and observes this. Now you can't just plug this in from zero to a hundred. Each one of these steps has to be there. So like place training is a constant ongoing thing that I work on. Eventually I'll plug the dog in the place training part into the equation. Going in, coming to the door under control is one part of this. Healing through the door is one part of this. Sitting and waiting patiently while we talk is one part of this. All of those individual parts can get practiced a lot. Like you can, you literally tonight, where's he at right now? He's in the living room. Okay. What's he doing in there? He's got a little, he's got a bone he's showing on right now. Okay. So he could go anywhere he wants in the house if he wanted to, right? Right now, yeah. But we've given him something to chew on, so he's kind of preoccupied. It's a, that's a, I'm not a chew, I'm not a chew guy. I don't like chews. I think chews create chewers. Like, I think they're training tools. Right now, you guys, I always tell people, you are always training, dogs are always learning. He is learning right now. He's learning, mom and dad want to, are busy so they've given me something to try to preoccupy me it'll work for a little while and then i'll get bored and then i'll go get into something else and the idea of chewing being acceptable is one of those things where i go it's okay for me to chew on that bone but when you have something what's the bone look like what what kind of bone is it um it's like a rawhide bone okay it's, it's like a bone. so that the, the, you know, your, your Christmas dinner and we just had a big roast beef and there's a, there's, it's all cleaned off. The, the meat is gone and there's a bone that's on the, the counter and, the, and, and Mosley gets the bone from Christmas and he knocks the dishes down. He broke the dishes and then you're mad because they were grandma's dishes and, and Mosley goes, no, I'm allowed to do this. This is a bone. It's okay. I, I just look at it as a very, very gray area thing and dogs don't do well in the gray they do good in black and white they understand things clearly if if it's if it's black or it's white it's there's a contrast and it's distinct and they can go i can or i can't do it i can sometimes but not sometimes that's hard on a dog it's hard on a kid it's hard on it's hard on me so i want to i i think we we look at all the scenarios, all the situations that you're facing every day with the dog and you go, let's simplify it. Does it make sense to him? And, and if it doesn't, simplify it. You know, jump biting, the biting part, the nipping, biting, and chewing, it has nothing to do with his teething. It doesn't have anything to do with that. He's done teething. Did he, did he nip and chew before he was teething? He's testing you. That's how he tests. So he's 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 seeing what he can get away with. 
And he's probably won most of those. Like he's probably left most of those going, got them. It's just, it, and, and so every time it happens, it reinforces the, the idea of first off, it almost can become habitual. I think it can be a habit. It can be a way for him to think that's how I greet these people. I nip at them. I want their attention over here. It's that kid that throws stuff at you and then giggles. Well, if throwing, it's cute the first few times they do it because you go, oh, he really likes me. And then he throws a brick at you when he's bigger and he hits you with it and you go, you son of a, what, you know, that, that you can't do that. Well, what do you mean I can't do it? I did it and you laughed at it when, he, when I was little. I thought you liked that. I thought that was kind of cool. I think it's got to be black and white. So when the little puppy's nipping and biting at you, I think they're testing us. When, the little, when a little dog barks at me, he's talking back. He's 100% disrespecting me. He's not, he, he doesn't look at me like his leader. I'm not going to do that stuff to someone I respect. So how do you get the, the, the big picture, the macro fix to it is earn the respect. And you don't earn respect with a heavy hand. That's fear. That's just striking fear in them. And I'm not interested in beating up on little dogs. I'm not interested in a dog doing something because he's afraid of what will happen if he doesn't. That's not how I think you get the most out of a dog. I like a dog, and, and, and you will, I personally, this is how I operate too. I think you earn their trust. I, th I think trust and respect are very similar words. Like if I, I have a lot of respect for, there's a lot of people in my life that have been really influential, positively, you know, real mentors in all facets of life, whether it be being a husband, a dad, a coworker, a employer, a coach, I don't care, name it. What do, what do you guys do for a living? I'm a, like a sales manager. Uh, I, I'm a production assistant for a automatic door company. Office jobs. Yeah, okay. office jobs. <laughs> okay, you work with other people, right? There's people above you as far as the hierarchy. There's people below you as far as the hierarchy at your organizations, right? So I think I have had, and I don't know, maybe you can't answer this, but I can say it. I have had great bosses and I've had really bad ones over the years. The ones that were great got the most out of me. The ones that I thought were poor, admittedly, they didn't get everything out of me. In fact, I, either for whatever reasons, we separated. You know, the, the ones that I didn't, that didn't, the ones that weren't good for me, we didn't work together after a while. Like it, we had to, we had to separate. It didn't work. So I look at this dog, and this dog looks at you, and and what, how, what, what made the good bosses? Like I think you can think about this and go, what made the good, what made the what made the bosses that, what were the things that got the most out of you? My bosses did not micromanage me. I wasn't, I didn't need that and I didn't want that. They didn't need to be nagging and looking over my shoulder. But they also didn't just throw me to the wolves and go, good luck. They helped me along when I needed it. They gave me space when I needed it and when I earned it. Like they understood when I knew enough that I could be a little dangerous on my own. So they, so I had to earn that. So from like a respect standpoint and a trust standpoint, they didn't 
look to me like they didn't act like they were so much better than me. In fact, a lot of times they acted very equal to me. At, you know, they, they supported me a lot. I think we have to do that with young dogs. I think we have to look at, I think we have to have these dogs look at us like, he is, he is my boss, but he's also there for me. He's not just throwing me out to the wolves, and he's also not micromanaging and a nag. He's not, he's not picking on me all the time. So it's a, it's this, it's again, this fine line of figuring out, like, I don't give my kids a lot of freedom until they show me that they can kind of handle it. I don't give the, that little dog is six months old. It's really young. Probably he looks like a dog. I saw him. He looks like a dog. So, so it's easy to mistake him and go, you should behave like a dog. You've got, that's the night, that's the difference between people and, and puppies, I think, is it's, it would be hard to look at my Lillian, who's two years old, and expect her to do algebra. She's not going to be able to. Like, but to count, she counts to 10 really easy, and I go, wow, that's really good for, she's so little. But I know she's so little. Your, your, your dog's mind, from a maturity standpoint, at six months old, is probably a little bit more than Lillian's. Like, it's probably like a three-year-old. Like, yeah, decent right and wrong stuff still makes a lot of mistakes. But to expect her, to expect them to behave in a way that is perfect is just very unrealistic. So what do we have to do? We have to set him up to succeed in the opportunities. When he has opportunities to learn, we got to set him up for it. When he has opportunities to fail, we got to avoid them. The, the, coming in, the, the scenario of coming into the house and being too excited is a very, very small example of one thing that I think I would change probably three or four of those steps. And I think if you did that in that exact setting, that setting would be better. Like you'd have, you'd have a better experience with that. But if you did that consistently in just that setting alone, he'd get really good at that game. He'd memorize it. He'd realize, I don't come running in the house by myself anymore. I don't go through the door by myself anymore. I don't have the freedom to run around. I got to sit quiet and patient while mom and dad talk. And then I get to go and sit on my place. And, be, and they'll be happy with that. They're not going to be disappointed with that. They're going to love it because you're going to really enjoy them during that time. So that, they're gonna, that's a win for them. What will, and they'll memorize it. But then what will happen is you'll start to adopt this idea of, well, hell, we should do that when we go out the front door too. And then when we go, we can do that when we go into the garage to load up into the car. And then we can do that when we go to my brother-in-law's house down the road or wherever we go. And then you can start doing it in every place. And then the behavior transfers, not just in the kitchen, coming in the sliding door, it transfers to you wanted to take the dog to PetSmart. So you brought the dog to PetSmart and before you got to the door, the dog came real calm and sat down expecting you to go through the door first. And then you did and then the dog followed you through and then you walked through and you went and, and the people are going to look at you and go, oh my God, look at that. People love seeing well-behaved dogs. But there's, there's also that dog that's going to run up to PetSmart and run through the door and drag you on the lead but it, that looks a lot like coming through the sliding door tonight so that's just it's just changing it and then once you change it 
being consistent in every scenario. Change it everywhere. It's a lot of work. I can see it on Alyssa's face right now, and I'm not sure I'm not sure how to read it, quite honestly. Because I'm taking it in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking in what you're saying and I'm thinking about like our daily situations and how we can change yeah. them. So I want you to like I like it when you smile because I feel like it's not so serious. <laughs> when when and so I say that and I say it in a way that is probably pretty serious. Because I look at this and I go, at six months old, you guys are really on the threshold of like, you can make your next 10 years really fun, or you can make the next couple years potentially a lot of work and frustrating. And it makes it a lot harder. Um, you're, so, you're so early into it right now. You're, you're enjoying it even though it might be getting frustrating. You're still enjoying it because the good stuff overweighs the bad that goes for so long the nipping and the you know the nipping and the biting you can tolerate it for only so long because you love them so much but then god forbid it happens to the neighbor or something maybe happens even worse and now you go what could what could and and then it's too late to look back on it and go what should we have done now it's perfect timing. I'll tell you right now, you got it perfect timing. Because he's he's so moldable. He's so you can you can you can create him into being whatever it is you want. But it will take it will take a it'll take exactly what you were just doing. Thinking into these different scenarios and going, well, where could where could I gain something out of this or that? Or how come this doesn't go very well? How come? and reverse engineer it to figure out what are the parts and pieces that need to be there in order for that to change. And if you're able, like it, it totally is adopting a mentality of we are always training. What is this going to get? Like I, I find myself asking myself questions. I also find myself slowing down. So like that, that was the other part of the, you know, when we were talking about like just slowing down, I find myself counting Thousand one, thousand two, thousand three. Three seconds, slow, is enough time for, to diffuse me. It's enough time for me to just like put things into perspective and realize it wasn't the dog's fault, probably. It probably was my fault. And what was it that I did that created whatever it was that was an issue? In that three second period, I usually can figure it out. And, and then... I don't respond out of instinct and reaction and reflex. I think timing is so important in training. Correction and praise need to be timed out of reflex. And that reflex only happens after a lot of practice. Because you're going to miss it. You, you won't have good timing to start out with. You're going to miss it. But as long as you keep paying attention to that timing, you'll get better at it. But... What doesn't happen out of, what can't happen out of impulse and reflex and reaction is behavior out of frustration, temper stuff, um, emotions, emotional stuff can't be instant. Mechanical stuff has to be. Emotional stuff, let it process. Think it through. You know, I do a lot of deep sighs. But the thing about it is, it really helps me with the dogs 
but it also helps me with Ben. <laughs> it helps me with my kids. And I'm not picking on Ben, but like it, I, I, we talked about it earlier tonight as a group, but Ben's part of the family. He had dinner with us and everything tonight. So we were talking about how I used to be a lot quicker temper, shorter tempered. Um, just it's, it's, it's something that Steph was telling, we were talking about, and she said, it's, it's something that can be learned, but it, it can't, you can read about it. But that doesn't change you. It's putting it into practice. You can hear about it. You can see someone talk about it on YouTube. You can do all that stuff you want. It's putting it into practice. And then it's going to feel a little awkward and not. it's going to be a little clumsy. And then you'll do, keep doing it until it starts to feel like it's working a little bit. It's fitting a little bit. It's, it's, it's starting to make a little more sense. It starts to feel right. And then you'll start seeing results a little bit better. And then you'll start going, oh, yeah, well, you'll start thinking about it more often. And then when you do it more often, it becomes a habit for you. And now all of a sudden we're just, we're a little more patient. We've slowed things down a little bit. And now all of a sudden when you came home and the dog used to get so excited and it probably, without you even knowing it, it probably picks up your level of excitement like your intent your intensity goes up you amp up you get a little bit tense and maybe a little fearful of what what oh god now what and then all of a sudden chairs start moving because leashes are wrapped around them and it's like welcome home where if we if instead we come in and we my my wife makes me hug her for 30 seconds a day do nothing else but just a hug like I see you smiling and nodding your head. Have you heard of this? We kind of do something like that. Um, we always have to give each other, like, um, we try and do it, but sometimes people get a little rush, like a three-second kiss. Sure. To just, like, <sighs> yeah. do nothing, like, just so, like, yeah. three-second kiss and a hug. Yeah. Um, especially, like, when we first come home. Yeah. To kind of. Does that help you? Does that work? Is that good for you? I know it helps me relax. <laughs> it's a way for you to kind of check back, get back in check, I think, right? And it's a reminder. And it's something that is literally, it forces you to think about doing it for a while. Eventually, it'll become a habit. But but the first, I bet you for the first several weeks of doing it, like you really had to maybe put it on your list of to-dos so that it got done. My wife says 30 seconds of hugging. And so we hug and it doesn't sound like a lot, but try it. And then literally make sure it's 30 seconds because it feels like an eternity. I mean, it's just because our lives go fast. We, yeah. we, we, we have a hard time just pausing for 30 seconds because, God, that's inefficient. We're not, we're not wired that way anymore. And so when you think about that, I, I love hearing you say that because I go, you two, who, whose idea was it? John's, right? No, okay. yeah, of course. No, it was mine. And we do do the, we do, um, like I said, kind of hug, not necessarily for like a set amount of time. Sure. But, like, we, we do hug and like, not just once a day, like I, he gets, his work's really stressful. So like, yeah. if I see that he's stressed out, I'll just kind of come up and give him a hug. Just sure. Kind of yeah. Hold on for a second and relax. And, for yeah, sure. So it's funny that you're saying that because that's something that I just, I try and do. Like, and, and, it makes you stop 
And that's an extra thing to do. Like that's an extra thing to put on the list of to get done. And that's extra and that's work. I mean, I, I'm and I'm not saying it as a joke. Like that's and it takes literally like putting it in your head, I gotta do that. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. And then all of a sudden, and you get something from it. Both of you, I guarantee you, get something and it's positive. So you put a lot of you're putting an effort towards that. Uh oh. What do we do here? Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Something popped up here. Oh, I lost you. And I thought, God, are you kidding me? So, so you, you put that effort into it. You get something back out of it that's positive. Now, do the same thing with this pup. It's different. You're not going to do 30-second hugs. You're not going to do three-second kisses. But do these, do the conscious thing of slow down and just relax and make sure he does it. And if he doesn't do it, to, he's not going to do it to start out with because he's not used to this. This is a 180 change. We don't do this, mom. We go. And he's going to probably test you and say, I'm going to nip it and bite at you because we're moving. I don't want to do this. You're going to have to be mom and firm up and say, no, Mosley, we're going to take a break. And then when he does, it might not be three seconds to start out. It might be a second, thousand one. Good. Enough to identify there was a change in behavior and he just relaxed. And then do it again. And then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it. And you can't do it all at once because at some point it's going to be overload and he's going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. But if you start building this in and start recognizing and slowing everything down, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, so that when you come into the house and you stand for a minute or two and not get going right away, that doesn't feel odd anymore. That feels normal the dog will start to be able to build off of that as well. And you'll slow things down in your lives. It'll become a lot easier. It's hard, it's hard to do juggle all the balls we try to juggle. And the, sometimes we just try to get better at juggling. And I say, take a few balls out. Get good at juggling two before you do three. And then you can, you can slowly, you can't go from one ball to... 10 but you can go from one to two and from two to three and then eventually you get this rhythm down you get this understanding and you get the muscle memory and you get the skill sets and you get that you get what it takes both mentally and physically to be able to do it and so i think it's not fixing when you when you when you were when i looked at you before and i said boy you look like you're not it you were overwhelmed don't allow this conversation to overwhelm you. Take this, take this, let it sink in and go, let's pick one thing from it. People come to workshops here at our place and they leave with literally an agenda, a stack, an outline of shit that I cover and it is so much, it, I am exhausted from just telling it to them. I can't even imagine what it would be like to receive it. And one of the things that I tell people is, I want it. You had to hear it all to have the big picture. You got to pick one thing to start with and just simplify it. Slow it down and simplify it. Pick one thing and work on that. And then that one thing connects to another thing. 
and then get real good at that and then connect it to another thing. And over the course of however long it takes, you just slowly add to it. And then eventually it becomes normal. Don't be overwhelmed with it. <laughs> and? I, I, think, I don't think we're, at least I'm not feeling overwhelmed. It's just uh, like she was kind of saying, the wheels are turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking about everyday things that we can do to just, and things we've clearly been, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're totally guilty of, I mean, we love that dog so much. Sure. And, and you know, we don't have kids yet. So <laughs> sure. He's our baby. Yeah. You know, we come home, we're, we're really excited to see him. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we probably feed into some of the, um, Wait, can you sit? You know, can we're you guilty sit? of not doing everything right. But, cool. you know, like I think about even, you know, he's very good when we, when we let him out of his crate. He doesn't go anywhere. He stays in his crate. Um, until, you know, until you call uh, him. Until we call him to come out. But when we call him to come out, that's when we're like, it's oh, a ball. God. And, and he, he comes out in a ball of energy because we do it. Because yeah. we're, we're enticing him. And, sure. You know, um, so, no, I just, I think the wheels are turning and we're thinking about things yeah. that we can do better. And, um, so, appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. Well, you guys um, have some things to think on you have some things to start changing um on the micro and i would do that and then i would look at it and i'd go how is that start thinking about the macro and realizing that you can apply the same ideas the same strategy to any anything and everything when you when you run into something how come fix fix the reason why instead of the symptom treat treat the treat the real problem and, and recognize that, you know, it, it, it is probably connected back to something that we're doing with them. I'm, I am guilty of it too. So like, don't make me, don't even think for a second that I don't do it. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm really openly admitting to that. And it's okay. Because it, it's, a, it's only a problem if you don't make changes. I think it's really a, a, a good thing. I, I look at mistakes as opportunities for us to get better. Instead of looking at it as, God, I screwed up again. But again, it's about perspective. I did a post kind of like that today, and I said, it's about perspective. Which way do you see it? And if you see it in a way that you look at it as it's a positive, it's probably going to turn out good for you. But you will have to act on it. You will have to execute on it. Ideas are great. Execution's hard. So, awesome. Well, I enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> quite the surprise. Awesome. Well, good. I I thank you guys for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, you, you, John, you've got my contact stuff. Let me keep me posted. Let me know how things go, and uh, let me know, Alyssa, if I can ever help. I will. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeremy. You bet. Yes. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.